Shabbat Shalom. This is Rabbi Tama Davis Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue bringing you a message entitled The Seat of the Spirit and the Seat of the Soul. So this week I want to take you on a journey, journey to find out if at all possible where the seat of the spirit and the soul reside. In many passages of scripture there seems to be a blurring of the spirit and soul. Yet in other scriptures there seems to be a clear indication of their separateness and where they lie. In those that have a blurring, I think you will find that the blurring results from the dominance of Hashem's spirit and the hypostasis that results therefore, therefrom. So first let us look at Deuteronomy. Moshe wrote in 29, uh, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. This is Deuteronomy 29, 29. And then Isaiah 6, 9 and 10, Isaiah wrote, And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Man, it seems, is spiritually blind to certain eternal truths, at least until the time of unveiling. Only in the last few decades has there been an explosion of knowledge. Yahweh Elohim told Daniel in chapter 12:4 of that book, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. We have to ask ourselves why. And then where does the essence of ourselves exist within our individual bodies? To answer this is to know where the seat of the soul and the seat of the spirit are located. When we know this, we can view more clearly those things represented as spiritual. First, we have to know mankind is a tripartite body consisting of body, soul, and spirit. The writer of Hebrews says in 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If we explore further, we see there are several scriptures that imply that emotion is a function of the soul. Emotion is a function of the soul. In Isaiah 26, 9, we read, With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me I will seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And in this verse we're told that desire is an emotion that comes from the soul, and that the spirit seeks or even communicates that is to connect us with the eternal dimension, Yahweh Elohim. Isaiah later wrote, when describing Messiah in 42.1, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. In this verse, Isaiah tells us that delight is emotion, is a function of the soul. Yahweh's soul is pleased with and his spirit is put upon or connected to the Messiah. Yeshua spoke of the function of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, in John 16:13, which reads, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But soever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The purpose of the Spirit, then, can be seen as that which connects us to knowledge. 
The Ruach will guide us to that which is truth. He is a guide to convey to us that which is true and to deliver to us that which he hears from the Father. And in 1 Corinthians 15.45, Shaul or Paul explains to us that it is written, And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. From this and from Genesis 2.7, we know that Yahweh made Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. In 1 Corinthians 15.45, we're told that Yeshua HaMashiach was a quickening spirit, the source of eternal life. From these scriptures, I think you'll have to agree with me that there has to be a big difference between soul and spirit. Each of you is an individual. Your very own individuality comes from your soul. It's the seat of your individuality, your will and emotions. You are a soul. So let's explore the spirit. You've heard me say that the spirit decides your destination in the world to come. When you die, your body goes back to the earth and your spirit determines where your soul goes. You know that some will go to their father Hasatan or Satan and others to their father Yahweh Elohim. Because their spirit is of their respective fathers, they arrive in the next life either to heaven or to Sheol slash hell. The soul is the seat of the individuality of yourself. Your will in the reservoir of your emotions and the spirit will determine its destination. To further elaborate, let me further say that when you were born, you have a soul, the life force within you, and that soul was dominated by the spirit of Hasatan. In other contexts, this is known as original sin. In the unregenerate state, you are referred to in the scriptures as the living dead. Without your body functions, you even procreate, you're dead. To be regenerated and come alive and set apart on the road of salvation, you have to be born from above. That is, of the Spirit of God. Let me take this a little further. In John 3.15, John wrote, And no human ever ascended up to heaven unless that human came down from heaven, including the Son of Man who is in heaven. Now ask yourself, what can this mean? Have I ever been in heaven? If so, why don't I recall it? And the answer is that your soul was in heaven before it resided in your body. We were born then with a neshma, a soul that is dominated with the spirit of Satan until we respond and are chosen by Hashem, reborn by his spirit, and become living beings. So it's important for us to know what the spirit is within us. How do we know we have God's spirit? I can tell you it's not by the standards of a lot of what's being passed about and taught as quote-unquote spirit-filled. So what is the spirit? How do we define it? If the soul is the seat of the emotions, then the spirit could be described as the conduit that connects us to the source that directs knowledge into our memory. It's the source of our thoughts and conscious of everything around us. When the brain dies, both memory and consciousness cease on this earthly plane. Could the brain then be the seat of the spirit? Our emotions act upon the brain, the seat of the spirit. If we have desires and emotion that are unhealthy, they inform our spirit and we act based on this information received from the seat of the soul, our emotions, in one of two ways. If we have a godly spirit, we will reject those that are unhealthy and sinful. And how do you know which ones are unhealthy and sinful? You compare it to God's word. 
If our spirit is that of Hasatan, we will accept and entertain them. Have you thought how every thought and image you see is being recorded? How someday we will have to answer for all these bites of information stored somewhere in the heavens. Stored somewhere in the heavens. Have you considered that the spirit is an energy source that communicates between the Father and us? In the Bible, the Ruach in earthly manifestations is described as a cloud by day and a fire by night. Both results of energy being expended. In the Messianic scriptures on Shavuot or Pentecost, the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, is described as cloven tongues like as fire. How many have paid attention to the word tongues in this passage? A tongue is a communicator. Yahweh Elohim's spirit comes to live with the believer's soul, the seat of emotion in the believer's brain, the seat of the spirit to provide a communication link between this body we now inhabit and the internal source of truth. The brain is the seat of the spirit and it provides us with a means to learn, to store knowledge, and it's the link of our thoughts and images to be stored away for that day when we will answer for every idle thought and action. It's the organ that allows us to make informed decisions, to think abstract thoughts, to cogitate, to rightly divide the word of God, it is the seat of our decisions for good and or evil. The brain is also the organ that allows us the opportunity to communicate with Yahweh Elohim constantly, and it's the organ whereby he communicates with us. Much of what is passed off as spiritual behavior is none other than soulish behavior. Much of what is deemed non-spiritual by soulish people is in fact spirit-filled behavior. People who describe themselves as spirit-filled or spiritual believers, those who speak in unknown tongues and babblings, work themselves into trances of ecstasy, engage in bouts of senseless laughter until exhaustion sets in, who engage in fervish physical activity or dancing till they drop, who practice intelligible babblings or engaging in soulish behavior, and in fact this behavior is the antithesis of what the Bible teaches is truly spirit-filled behavior. These people would have you think you're second-class citizens or not fully indwelled with Hashem's spirit because you don't engage in soulish behavior as they do. You need work to arrive in a spiritual perfection they profess, they profess when in fact it is they who are not spirit-filled at all. Shaul warned such people not to engage in abandon and to exercise restraint for God is a God of structure and order. How is it that if a person is overcome with God's spirit, he or she can control it, if in fact this soulish behavior is of God? If they're a believer, is because the spirit is the vehicle whereby we control our emotions and therefore our desires and proclivity to sin. The soul is subject to God's spirit. It is that spirit-filled part of us that is divorced from or dominates the soulish desires we all have. Spirit then can be seen as that part of us that dwells in the Word of God, that adores His Torah and loves it, that studies it day and night and lives it as a consequence. We can't get enough of it. It's our connection with Hashem and His instructions to us. It's worship and praise and is the highest calling for anyone. All else is soulish and subject to a higher calling of his eternal word. Remember, when someone tries to intimidate you, 
or belittle you by their supposedly superior spiritual behavior through soulish means, it is they who are not spirit-filled, because they subject the Word of God, His Torah, to something of less importance than whatever soulish activity they are engaging in. In closing, what we really learn here is that emotion is a function of the soul, and knowledge is the primary focus of the spirit. And the fear of God, the fear of His Torah, is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Shabbat Shalom.